0: Good morning. It's a blessing to be here with you all. It's been a while. Um, uh, As as Ryan mentioned, uh, me and my family, we currently live in West Africa, uh, specifically the country of Sierra Leone. Uh, We've been there about two years now. And uh, that experience has done a lot for us. Um, One thing it's done for me, uh, I feel so much more fragile and vulnerable. Um, I think I've always been that way. I'm just more aware of it, living there. And so things like insecurities pop up sometimes in my mind, and I try to overcome those with the truth of God's Word. But one of those insecurities is, I wonder how long of me living and us living abroad until some of our favorite people in the world, you all here and other our brethren here, will will start to forget about us a little bit. Or maybe you won't pray for us as frequently. It's just an insecurity sometimes that uh, maybe Satan tries to use to discourage us. And um, But um, coming here, uh, that gives me confidence about that. I've never, uh, I don't think, driven on this road right here. And I've never parked in this parking lot before. And I've never walked through those doors. But when I came in, and uh, saw your faces and, and got some hugs. Uh, kind of feels like coming home a little bit. And that's special because that's the people here that are special to uh, my family and to me. And so thank you so much for uh, blessing us. Uh, the work that we're doing in Sierra Leone, it's, it's a lot of need and we feel very limited to meet those needs. I'm, I'm sure many of you relate to that feeling right here uh, where you are. And um, what we all need is the Lord, and the Lord has given you all uh, the ability to influence that uh, through prayer um, and through um, uh, the petitioning our king to send his might and to send his power to places that need it. And um, certainly that's true here in the Avon area, and it's true where I'm living in West Africa. Uh, Today I want us to ask um, a question, uh, and it's so wonderful to uh, have so many really bright Bible students. Uh, Just During the Bible class, some of the comments and references and things that were going on is a very stark contrast to the type of uh, studies that I have in Sierra Leone. Amongst uh, all have been Christians less than maybe five or ten years, and many of them don't know how to read, and very small churches and things like that. Um, and so I'm uh, fairly certain most of you will have an answer to this question, but I want us to think about the times in Scripture that talk about Paul's conversion, the Apostle Paul's conversion. Uh, maybe I'll ask it like this and, and uh, where would you go? Uh, what's the specific one location that you would point to, to talk about the conversion of Paul? Um, well, I'm not sure there's a a right or wrong answer to that, but the right one would be Acts chapter 9. This is uh, the place that goes into the most detail about this conversion, this important conversion within the New Testament. However, if you keep reading through the book of Acts and through the New Testament, you'll find it's mentioned many more places than just in Acts chapter 9. It's also in Acts 22. Acts 26, Philippians 3, Galatians 1, 1 Timothy 2, 1 Corinthians 15. I'm sure we have many good Bible students here that can even add to this list. The Bible talks a lot about Paul's conversion. The thing I want to point out, um, and the observation that I would like to make here about this, is that this first occasion inside Luke or, sorry, Acts 9 uh, was written about by Luke. Now, I'm pretty sure Luke got his information from Paul. But every other instance that I listed, Paul himself is the one describing his conversion. And so, uh, very simply, my uh, observation is that Paul was passionate about sharing with others about his conversion and the transformation that Jesus uh, made in his life. That he was passionate about that. So on many different types of occasions, Paul, he wanted to talk about that. He used that as a tool in his teaching and his influence to help both believers and unbelievers. And so my question... To follow up on that is, why was Paul so passionate about sharing this important life circumstance? Why was Paul so passionate about this? What made him bring this up with this amount of frequency? That's what I want to talk about today. And so uh, in my own appraisals and studies of these different examples, there's really three major things that jump out to me regarding why Paul wanted to talk about his conversion. Because my hope is that we'll, we'll see those three things, and then maybe we'll see that we need to feel more passionate regarding sharing of how the Lord has changed us. Um, That needs to be something that's on our mind more frequently. It's something that we need to be talking about to each other that has the potential to build us up in in some significant ways. But before we can see what the benefit of that is, we need to look at Paul's uh, experience. Uh, I might talk about this more maybe later on, but the thing that really created my curiosity in this... Is that as an evangelist uh, in Sierra Leone, one of uh, my um, responsibilities, as is stated in Ephesians 4, is to equip the saints for the work of service. And there's a lot of service out there that we all need equipping in. uh, But one important work of that is the work of evangelism in teaching the lost. However, there are some challenges and some difficulties when it comes to uh, equipping the saints in Sierra Leone to do that. Um, One reality is that many, many brethren in Sierra Leone, the majority of whom um, do not know how to read. Um, They know maybe two or three different languages, but none of the languages, except for English, are written languages. They're all oral languages. And so it's not just as, as uh, easy as getting a Bible in their own tribal language. They're, that's not a written language. And so the challenge then becomes, how, how can you encourage someone to teach the gospel if they don't know how to read it? <laughs> if they don't know how to read the Bible? Maybe someone has a question and you don't, you don't know where to turn the Bible. And even if you knew where to turn it, you wouldn't be able to read it or, or describe it. And so that's the challenge that we face. And certainly, I think, a goal, a long-term goal, is that mature brethren need to learn how to read God's Word. And there's no um, getting around that. that. That needs to happen. Uh, that's going to take years. <laughs> that's going to take years for someone to learn how to read with enough proficiency to actually understand and then be able to impart some of that. So in the interim, I am seeing some examples within the New Testament regarding people sharing of their story, sharing their history, sharing what God has done for them. And so that's kind of what kind of itched my curiosity to see, is this something that I could use to equip the saints in Sierra Leone with As they're learning the Bible, and as they're kind of learning in a more um, slower paced way regarding the scriptures, so that's kind of a little bit of background there. However, uh, the conclusion of all this is that this was extremely powerful, and even for myself, wanting to do more of this this sort of thing. So, why did Paul share his story? so frequently? What made him so passionate about this? And so uh, I'm sure maybe we could add to this list, but I came up with three major reasons that I see when I uh, kind of did an overview of these different examples where Paul shared about his conversion. The first uh, is uh, demonstrated several places, but we'll just look in Galatians 1, since this is familiar territory for you all as you guys are studying uh, Galatians and the Sunday morning uh, Bible class. Galatians chapter 1. And so, Paul, um, for example, in verse uh, 13 of Galatians 1, he says, For you have heard of my former manner of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church. What is he doing? He's talking about who he was before Jesus, and he's talking about how Jesus has changed him and transformed him and given him this new life. Verses 11 and 12, I think, gives us explicit information regarding why are you telling us this, Paul? What's your purpose in sharing your history, sharing your story? Verse 11, he says, for I would have you know, brethren... That the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it. But I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay. Why is Paul sharing his story? His story is an evidence for belief. It didn't come from man. It didn't come from me. It came from Jesus because Jesus showed up. Jesus, I, I, Jesus met me. He showed himself. He revealed himself to me. This is a reason why you ought to believe in what I'm saying. And this is a common reason that Paul gives in Acts 22, Acts 26, as he is giving a defense of his faith before uh, the Jews or before some of the political leaders. He shares th- this information because his story included a miracle. <laughs> His story included a miracle. He saw Jesus. His life was going this way. Jesus visually appeared to him. And as a result of that, his life went a different way. So the first reason that Paul shares his story is it is an evidence for belief, an evidence for faith. The second reason that I see uh, can be found in the book of Philippians. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Paul, in this chapter, is warning these Christians against some of these false teachers. He's warning them against these individuals who put confidence in the flesh, in their credentials, in their accomplishments. And he shares his own life story in contrast to that. Um, for example, uh, in verse 4, it says, Although I myself might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone has co- has uh, a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more circumcised the eighth day um, of the nation of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law found blameless. He talks about who he was before. But, verse 7, but whatever things were gained to me, these things I have counted but loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. So again, he's sharing his testimony of his conversion, sharing his story. And in the midst of all of this and sharing and giving himself as, um, or sharing his own and history, in verse 15, he says, let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude, in verse 17, he says, "Brethren, join in following my example, and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us." What's Paul's purpose to sh- in sharing his history and his past? This example does not seem to indicate that he is giving it as a reason for belief, but rather as an example to follow, as an example to follow. You see these people, they're putting confidence in the flesh, these Jewish false teachers. If anyone could do that, I could have done that. But because of Jesus, because of Christ, because of the gospel, I'm putting that aside. I am seeking after him. I'm letting go of all these other things that would pull me back. I'm focusing entirely on on the Lord. And I'm on that journey. Why is Paul sharing this? He wants these Christians to do the same thing. Follow my example. So the first one is an evidence for belief. The second one is to provide an example to follow. Let's look at the third one. 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. We'll read verses 12 um, through maybe 16. When Paul is writing to Timothy, the evangelist, he says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet... I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost of all. Yet for this reason I found mercy. So that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. So, Paul says, uh, I was the foremost of all sinners, I was the worst. Uh, But Jesus, he gave me a gift. I gave me the gift of putting me to work, giving me service, giving me grace. Why is Paul sharing this? What is Paul's objective in talking about his past in this example? Verse 16, according to Paul, Paul viewed his story as demonstrating something about the character of God. Paul, when he thought about his history and his past and who he was before Christ, and then after, he says, my story says something about who God is that you need to know. And according to Paul, his story demonstrates the perfect patience of God. Paul is saying, I want to tell you my story because my story proves that we serve a patient God who is full of grace and kindness. Um, And so Paul wanted to share that story again and again and again because he felt like that was something that could be used to teach people who the Lord is and who God is. So the three things we see here is that Paul... Um, He shared his history, shared his conversion as an evidence for belief, as an example to follow, and as a demonstration of God's character. It showed something about who God is. And so I want to think a little bit about some application for us. Um, Number one, I would say that out of those three things, our conversion story is not going to have the same ingredient as Paul's regarding that miracle. Uh, At least speaking for myself, uh, I uh, did not get that kind of uh, visual experience that Paul did. And so perhaps, maybe there's an indirect application there, but I would just say, generally speaking, our testimonies might not be the greatest evidence for belief because they don't include miracles like that. Um, I think we would typically, and we want to show God's word as being the testimony of eyewitnesses to miracles, such as Paul himself, such as the apostles. So I might um, advise that that might not be the thing that you need to become a Christian, well, because I became a Christian. That seems a little bit uh, maybe circular in the reasoning there. However, these other two objectives that Paul uses or uh, has for teaching and sharing his story as an example to follow and as demonstrating something about God is absolutely something that can be incorporated by every one of us here when we share our own stories. Um, do, does your story of how God picked you up from the pit, that's all of our stories, does that story include something that would help someone follow in your steps to do the same thing? Absolutely. Does your story demonstrate something about who God is? That God is patient or that God is kind or that God is forgiving or that God, he's, he gives grace and God, he's, um, he's active I think if each one of us considered our past, we would find God's shown himself to be something special in my history, in my past. And so my encouragement uh, to the men and women in Sierra Leone and to you all is that we need to begin sharing more about what God has done for us and in us. Uh, this is something that we need to gain the same passion that Paul had um, for this sort of thing. The Bible teaches so many uh, principles and, and, and general teachings. But I think for many of us, uh, maybe for some, some of us, our favorite scriptures are the scriptures that demonstrate or apply or illustrate that general teaching. When you think about hospitality or you think about forgiveness. When you think about showing love to a neighbor. Those teachings, those general teachings are powerful. But then we look at certain places in the Bible where that's demonstrated. And that hits harder, doesn't it? That that, that makes you understand what that looks like in a, a living, breathing sort of way. That's the type of influence that you have to be able to provide. The general teachings within God's word... And even the examples in God's Word. But then what, is that, what has that been like in your life, in your history, through your conversion, through your past? That's something that every one of us has. Every one of us has that treasure of being able to demonstrate God's character through and share about how God has acted in our lives. And how, God, uh, and how we have given ourselves an example to follow. So, um, in thinking about this, uh, I want to give maybe some very practical tips for you. I want to encourage you to think about maybe sometime this week or today. I want you to think about crafting, crafting your story. That doesn't have to be your entire life story, but crafting a story that demonstrates who God is in your life and gives an example to follow. Think about that. Craft that story. Well, I have some advice for uh, to share regarding that, um, that mission and uh, job I've just given you here. Uh, number one, when crafting your story, focus on a period of life where there was a great change in you. Alright? In my own experience, uh, and maybe I'm an exception to this, I don't feel like my life has always just been a steady... Uh, you know, kind of rise. It's more been like this, and then go straight for a little bit, and then um, you know, Scott Smith talks to me, i will saying I need to change. Okay, and then I get better, <laughs> and then I read a scripture, uh, and that really convicts me, and then I make a jump. And th- there are th- periods of my life where a dramatic change has happened, or an adjustment, and it's not just my conversion. Even so, that would certainly be the biggest one. But focus on those periods of your life where a dramatic or a large change has happened, an evolution in your thinking or your behavior. That's the part where I would advise you to maybe think about telling a story, crafting a story regarding that, crafting how to share that. Number two, identify what within your story demonstrates God's character. Don't focus upon self-achievement or self-promotion or how you by yourself have been... it. No, that's not the story we're sharing. The story that that Paul shared is how his story demonstrated God's grace, God's goodness, God's power. So talk about that. Um, Talk about how you were for so long kicking against the goads, but how... The Lord finally got to you, and how God changed you, and maybe what scriptures He did to do that. But share something that demonstrates the character of God, and that's maybe something that you look back on. I'm not sure I've thought about that. Well, think about it. God has proven Himself to be wonderful in your life, and if you're not sure exactly what in your life God, you know, what point in your life God has shown those things, then we need to evaluate and consider those things. So first, think about a period of life where change has occurred. Number two, identify um, uh, aspects within that change that point to God's character. And number three, share enough. When you're telling your story, when you're crafting your story, share enough details that help someone else see how you got from A to B. Um, Don't speak in such generalities... Where, oh, that's great that that happened to you, but you've really not really helped me follow an example. You know, so share some of those relatable details. Share thought process. Share the things that led to that change or, 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 or led to um, some evolution in thought. So share enough of those details. And maybe also share this. Maybe you'll have a couple of different stories. Maybe you'll have a story that when you share it's mostly pointing out God. Other ones more of an example to follow. And so maybe you can have a couple different ones in your back pocket to kind of pull out and share. Paul certainly demonstrates uh, you know, has different objectives depending upon those things. And then number four share that story share your story with both believers and unbelievers. That's what Paul did. Paul shared his story with both believers and unbelievers. Um Because both believers and unbelievers need to hear who God is. And both unbelievers and believers need examples to follow to see how they can change and how they can do better and how they can grow. This is a universal need that this kind of sharing uh, can provide. I really thought about, uh, can can I get away from the sermon without kind of demonstrating what I'm talking about? (laughs) Uh, I don't think so. So I I want to share something that's been on my mind recently that would be an example of of the type of story, type of change that I would encourage you all to think about. When I was 14, almost 15 years old I spent a week down in North Alabama at a young men's Bible camp. Very similar to the one that's going to be taking place today. And um, before uh, there was Gary's camp or the one that Joe works organized, there was just one that I knew of and that was in Northern Alabama. And so Young men came from all over the country to be part of this very special week. And um, I was not a very spiritually mature young man at that point. Um, I was one of those people maybe I, where I would leave my Bible at church because I was convinced that was the only time I needed it. And so that's just a little bit of a background here. Not mature, not knowledgeable in the scriptures. Hey, Dan, find the book of Luke. I don't know where to find that. No, no idea. Um, and... So that was a bit of a wake-up call. This Bible camp, the Hallie's Bible classes, and after lunch, um, we would all go into this like um, kind of auditorium room with like bleacher seating. And Sewell Hall, the man who organized the camp. Uh, invited uh, a man to come and give a presentation regarding uh, the gospel overseas. And so it's a man who had lived overseas or had been on a, a short trip, and there was slides of pictures, and he was sharing about that. And that was Sewell's way of trying to help us open our minds, to the idea of teaching the gospel overseas. And maybe it was the, uh, that southern cooking I just enjoyed <laughs> And yeah, maybe the heat of, of North Alabama, uh, which is not that hot now. I, I say that after living in Sierra Leone for a couple years. Um, <sighs> boring. <laughs> my, my, my first impression after hearing and see, seeing is, is that was not my favorite part of camp at all. Um, you know, I, I had to kind of work to keep my eyes open at times. But something happened at that camp. I made up my mind that when I got back home, and I remember to this day, I got, my dad picked me up, and I took out my notebook, and I wrote on top of that page, G-O-A-L-S, goals. Read my Bible 30 minutes every day. That was my goal. That was a big step for me. Big step. And that year, I stuck with it. I did it. 30 minutes every day. And it was hard sledding because I was, I, was, I was reading, and I'd close the Bible after 30 minutes, and I would not remember anything of what I had read. I remember months going by. Uh, after about two or three months, I was reading one psalm, and I realized within the psalm, the outline of the psalm was mirroring the days of creation, and my mind was blown. And it was Anyway, so th- th- there was like light bulb moments within some of that. And I was growing spiritually, thanks to the Lord. But I I went back the next year, of course, uh, to camp. And I sat in those bleachers. And men came to share about the gospel overseas. And they would show slides of these uh, foreign faces and conversion stories. And... um, I begin to cry. Now, I'll tell you this. Um, I bet we all have embarrassing stories, but when I was six years old uh, and I cried, my my family uh, kind of, I'm sure in fun, said that, Dan, when you cry, you make a chipmunk face. Uh, And uh, from then on, whenever I, they would say, you're gonna make the chipmunk face, Dan? You're gonna cry, you're gonna make the chipmunk face? And and that made me uh, incredibly insecure about crying. So for years, I did not cry because I didn't want to make the chipmunk face. (laughs) Um, But 15, almost 16 years old, in the bleachers of a campground in North Alabama, Dan was crying. I'm not sure the chipmunk face made an appearance or not, but I was crying. Um, And I was confused. And I would get back to my bunk at the end of the day, and I I would start crying again, thinking about those faces and seeing those things. And I was so confused. What's happening? because um, I was, you know, I'm an emotionally confused 15-year-old kid. Um, I had no idea, and, and, sorry, I started thinking some more and more, and I, I think this is what happened. Through that past year of me reading God's word, the Lord was slowly, slowly, slowly teaching me to think about things the way that he thinks about things, and seeing things the way he sees things. And when God sees people that need to hear the gospel and people coming to the gospel, that is an emotional, emotional thing. That is a joyous thing. That is something that when there is lost people, that need to hear the gospel. That is a distressing thing to the Lord. And I think through that past year, through my dedication of just little by little reading God's word, the Lord was calibrating and aligning, at least little by little, my heart to His. To the point when I saw lost people um, in those pictures, I just I couldn't handle it. I was overwhelmed. Um, and that obviously uh, led me down a road that has uh, now resulted in me living in West Africa. Uh, so far from the, the rural uh, uh, cornfields of Indiana where I grew up. Um, but my story demonstrates, I think, to me how God changes hearts. Um, that God can change hearts. Changed my heart to care about things I'd never used to care about before, but also I think my story demonstrates maybe in some degree an example to follow. Um, nothing about my story uh, I think is unique or special to me i't I, I, I really feel my, I'm a big nobody in most regards in every regard, but I think that's something that maybe you could see oh. So at 14, you really had no head start from the rest of us. Not at all. 15, you know, not at all. Um, but I thank the Lord that he was patient with me and allowed his word to work in me to get me to care about the things that he cares about. So again, that's just one example of, of, some, of, of a story that I think accomplishes some of those things. Or I, I hope that certainly does. All right, I want to end um, the lesson today by looking at, um, real briefly, the example in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, regarding a man who is possessed by demons. Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, I'll just summarize the story here, as I'm sure many of us are familiar with it. Jesus and his followers and his, his friends get off of a boat on the side of the sea, and a man approaches. And this is not just an ordinary man, this is a man who's a lunatic by all uh, by all appearances. Um, the Bible says that he is naked, that that villagers had tried to tie him up, but he had broken the 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 shackles, he broken the, the bonds. Um, He is a man who would cut himself, and his home was in the tombs. Uh, This man uh, is a a terror. But Jesus was not terrified of this man. Jesus changed this man's life. He made the demons that were inside of him go away, uh, cast them into the herd of swine, and they rushed down into the sea. The herdsmen of those swine, of those pigs, went into the nearby village, nearby town. And all the villagers and town people came over. And to me, I think we all would expect for them to welcome Jesus with open arms. You've, you've, You've changed this man. He was once a lunatic, but now he is sitting in his right mind, the Bible says. But instead of doing that, they asked Jesus to please go away. We don't want you here. Go away. Verse 17, they began to implore him to leave the region. We don't want you here, Jesus. And imagine, this from this, imagine it from this man's perspective. Here is the man that changed your life. Here are people that want nothing to do with him. What do you want to do? I want to, I want to follow this man. I want to go where he goes. I want to learn everything about him. And so he asks Jesus, imploring him in verse 18 to accompany him. But verse 19, Jesus responds, He did not let him, but said to him, Go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. No, you can't follow me because I have a job for you. And this job that he had did not require this man going to theology school or seminary or, go, uh, or, or even having his own personal Bible. I don't, he didn't have any of those things. But what did he know? He knew exactly what Jesus did for him and how Jesus changed him. And that was enough at that point for Jesus to say, I have a job for you. Go share what Jesus and how God had mercy on you. Go share that. And I think it's interesting for us to ponder through the fact that the people that said no to Jesus, Jesus is making a provision for them to hear it from someone who maybe they would hear it from. Okay? Um, there are some people that, if you asked, uh, Do you want to have uh, a Bible study with my preacher? maybe they would say no. Maybe if you ask, hey, you want to come to my church? Maybe they would say no. But if you shared with them what great things God had done in your life, maybe that would make, it would open a door. That would open an awareness and an eagerness that wasn't there before. Um, Jesus sends this man to people that Jesus couldn't reach, but this man could. Now, eventually, they, if they were to come along and hear, they would have an eagerness for Jesus. But God used this man's transformation and change as a tool for the gospel. And so that's all that we need to do, right? Um, We need to think about this. Now, I want to make one thing really clear as a disclaimer. This is not at all replacing teaching the Bible, teaching through Mark, teaching the gospel. Those things are essential to our faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord. Um, However, I want to encourage us to be sharing more about the things that God is doing in our lives how he's changed us, how he's transformed us, what, how God has done that. I just think if more conversations like that happened in our assemblies, um, if more discussions were around those things happened, that, that would just be a breeding ground for encouragement. And if that was something you were more eager to share with your coworkers, with your neighbors, then that would also open doors that perhaps would be closed otherwise. Okay, maybe uh, you've listened very... Uh, Uh, patiently and uh, openly to what I've said but maybe you're thinking, Dan I can't really think of any change in my life Um, maybe you're looking at your life right now and says, I need to make a big change Um, if that change is to becoming a Christian, having your sins washed away repenting of your sins um, and having them washed away through baptism, then that's an opportunity that we want to extend to you uh To allow the character of God to be demonstrated in your life as you uh, follow the footsteps of so many others who have put their faith in Jesus. If that's something that you don't know all about that, that's something that maybe you want to know more about, study more about that, there are brethren here who are eager to sit down with you and you can make that known. Um, If you're here and you're thinking... Um, there's a big change that needs to happen right now. There's maybe a problem in your life. There's uh, a sin you're entangled with. There's something that you need to overcome that could eventually down the road be a demonstration of God's goodness. And you want to support the Christians here. Um, we also encourage you. So if there's any need uh, of the brethren here or any visitors that are here, please make that known and come forward as we stand and sin.